Oh, yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we bring you everything from high school sports, NCAA, NFL, NBA, HBCU. It's the train that is building up ahead of steam. So grab your tickets, get on board, enjoy the ride. Let this train take you on a sports journey. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Let's get this train on the track. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome in to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Hope you got your tickets. Hope you're ready to enjoy this ride as we are doing the college football top 25 scoreboard show along with some highlights to give you on the latest that you are tuned in and locked in to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Always the train will take you on a journey. Matter of fact, I'm even going to try to pull up as well, too. I want to give my brothers out there, brothers of Black College University, some love as well, too. So let's just enjoy this journey wherever it may take us because we're going to put a lot into this. It's going to be college football scores and highlights as well as some NFL. I might even hook up with my buddy Rick Thomas. Let's just get this train on the track. Yes, college football was full of games of interest. One that I had circled since the beginning of the year. I guess you're wondering how that played out. I'm pretty sure by now you already know how it played out. But I'm going to give it to you when we get to it. But then I also have an analogy on it. But let's just get into highlights right now.
Jiffy Lube. Highlights with the music bed from Iowa and Maryland, which was a very ugly sight to see. When I say ugly, it was ugly. Very ugly. Uh, Very ugly. I'm trying to get some highlights. Of voice audio and music bed. So that was right there. What you see was a quarterback sneak by Iowa. Pushing across the goal line. And then here's the playoff sheet. Yeah, passing touchdown. Talua Tagaviola. And he didn't look nothing like what his brother looked like at Alabama. As a matter of fact, going into this game and looking at it on paper, you had two teams that were undefeated. The one team looked very much ranked number five, while the other team looked like they didn't even belong on the field. As Iowa manhandled. Maryland. It was spooky and it wasn't even Halloween. This game was on Friday, October the 1st. Then we move on some more scores as future Big 12 member, ranked number 13. BYU pretty much had their way with Utah State cruising past by the score of 34 to 20. And I believe we have some highlights for that one queued up as well, too. So let's just get to these highlights as well. Alger stumbles and then rates himself and he's off. He's 40. He's 20. Keep your eye on the guard right here. The backer runs underneath. You can't play like water. You got to go the hard way. If you run underneath blocks, you get yourself gashed. Algiers a power runner, but shows you the speed as well. And that was just one of the highlights. As, like I say, BYU pretty much. At Jiffy Loop, it's our way with Utah State. Beating them 34 to 20. But I do believe right in here we have some more highlights. So let's just get to those as well. 
their top two quarterbacks. Jaron Hall didn't start. Baylor Romney knocked out of the game. This man's loose. Algier down the sideline. He's 20. Algier to the five, and he dives. He is in touchdown. What a response. The second long run of the game by Algier. He somehow keeps his balance, puts his hand there. They're going to have to take a look at it. He may be a little short. The bottom of his hand can hit, but his elbow can't. Early on the field was a touchdown. Elbow. The runner was down at the half-yard line. First down. Algier is in. Touchdown, BYU. Look on a base block. You're trying to win the game. Draws just completely snatches him. And that was another long run, which set up a easy touchdown at the goal line as he was ruled down just short of the goal line. Didn't matter. Next play, they make it in. So let's get you this next highlight, and then we will get back into the score and give you a few stats as well to who the top performers were in the game. So let's do this one on up now. pressure from every direction and here they come with five time and it is intercepted terrific play on the ball by Malik Moore just an incredible job by Moore of tracking this football he goes out and high points it Devin Tompkins is only five foot eight Malik Moore is six foot one and that height was all the difference he needed to get that turnover. That is unbelievable. Pinned it against his chest, kept it on the roll. Algier, outside. Algier, inside. End zone. Touchdown. Off the turnover, Utah State is a shoulder leverage tackling team, but when you're trying to tackle 5'11", 220-pound Tyler, 5'11", 220-pound Algier. That name has been ringing out a whole lot this year. He is basically their run game. But you see they also played a little bit of defense as well, too. But BYU, ranked number 13, comes away with the 34-20 victory. Like I say, future Big 12 uh, member. Uh, top performers in the game, Logan Bonner, Utah State University, 21 of 41 for 276 yards, two TDs. Top rusher in the game, as if there were any questions. Tyler Algier, BYU, 22 carries, 218 yards, three touchdowns. He might be going on to the next level with performances like that. He'll be a good pickup for somebody that needs a good running back. And top receiver, Devin Tompkins. Utah State University, nine receptions, 125 yards, and one TD. So now that brings us to Saturday's games. And, of course, you know, we always start with the number one ranked team, which is Alabama. 
you know, you can hear that song playing right now. Sweet home Alabama. Okay, that's why I come out I don't sing, all right? Anyway, you get the picture. Or you can just hear them saying, roll tide, roll tide. And the tide, that's what they did. As they rolled old Miss without a hitch. So let's cue up these highlights because there are going to be some highlights. So just bear with me as we get through these highlights and just wade through the highlights of the game. Alabama and Ole Miss. Throws a back shoulder. Oh, did he catch that ball? Holy cow! Raylan Sanders did. With his right hand, but he's aware of where his feet are. Look at this throw. Look at the coverage. Oh, man. He has the freedom to change plays himself. He doesn't always have to look over to the sideline. He told us yesterday. Well, your time steps up in the pocket. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown, John Mechie. Lined up to the outside, down to the bottom of the screen. Number two, decent protection, just a three-man rush. And Bryce Young breaks down the defense. Robinson's been the workhorse most of this drive. He gets the call. He gets the touchdown, Alabama. Big Evan Neal, number 73, left tackle. And Cohen just rooted out that time. Robinson, the tail. Play fake. Throw to the end zone. Wide open. Lock touchdown, Alabama. Brought the big extra tackle in. They faked the play. And then Latu's too open. Easy pitch and catch. That looks like a Brady Gronk thing, doesn't it? it I mean, sure that does. was just too easy. No pressure. Obviously, they've got to score. They need a drive. They need to make this a football game. Play action. Corral. Fumble. Ball is loose. Scooped up by Alabama. It's Justin Iboigby. I think it was 48 Mathis that made the play. Comes around the outside and lodges it free. Almost picked up for a scoop and score that time, but recovered at the end. But it was Mathis, 48, who made the original play and knocked it loose. Well, Darren Mathis was on the pregame show with Zook and the guys talking about three things he likes. He likes to sack quarterbacks and force fumble. Second and goal. Robinson again. This time he's in for the second time today. Touchdown, Alabama. Brian Robinson from a yard out twice today. And second effort as well at the end of the play. Right at the 10. Corral's going to run this one all the way. Heading to the far corner. And he's in. Touchdown Ole Miss. 10-yard touchdown run by Matt Corral. 
He's in the middle, right on the hash. He doesn't know which way to go. He goes to his left. The quarterback's going to his left, which will not work. Around to the end zone. This time he's got it to Rodgers, the tight end for the touchdown. to a three-touchdown lead, 50-yard drive and nine plays, and the scoring toss makes it 42-21. And those were some extended highlights from Alabama and Ole Miss. Once again, a game that Alabama won easily, cruising past Ole Miss by the score of 42 to 21. And in another highly anticipated game, the resurgence of the Arkansas Razorbacks going down to Athens to take on the Bulldogs of Georgia. Arkansas comes in ranked number eight against the number two ranked team. And I know some of you listening are wondering how did that turn out? I'm pretty sure by now you already know how that turned out. But we're going to pull those highlights up as well too. Remember, highly anticipated game. Here we go. White. Pro traffic into the end zone. Opening statement drive by Georgia. Right down the field to draw first blood. How about this? Bennett comes in at quarterback. This is the kind of running game dogs fans been waiting to see. Second end goal, eye formation. Milton, and he just follows. Oh, they lost the ball. And he's in the end zone for a Georgia touchdown. What Jordan Davis does is remind you what he can do. He just leans on people, but a great push on that left side. Another punt from his own end zone. Here is Jackson near midfield. It's blocked! And Dogs followed it for a special teams touchdown! Jackson, he's back here. Arkansas is not thinking. Look at the gap right here. They're not thinking about 47 right now. They don't have to account for him. Look at last second he comes and is able to get in there almost untouched. Really great call by the special teams coordinator there to come up with that block. Georgia has a lot of these four- and five-star athlete starters on special teams, and it, it shows. Here's the progressive pylon cam view. That's a great view. 47, Dan Jackson blocks it. He's a backup safety. White. Knifing into the secondary. Breaks the tackle and dive for the end zone. Dogs pouring it on. Watch the block right here by the true freshman, Brock Bowers. Everybody buying into their assignment. Everybody doing their job. And when you have 11 guys on either side of the football, there's a progressive pylon cam to show you that he did not touch. Gets it across the goal line. But everybody doing their job. And there you have it, the highlights from 
Georgia and Arkansas. And all we can say is Arkansas, thanks for coming. Game wasn't even close as Georgia shuts out Arkansas by the final score of 37-0. Upset alert. Upset alert. Ding, ding, ding. Can I say that again? Upset alert. Upset alert. Ding, ding, ding. That's right. The number three team, Oregon, coming in. Palo Alto, California to take on the Stanford Cardinal. And one would think the number three team, highly favored. Correct? Well, in most cases, Yes, you are correct. But what happened? Play snapped. McKee over the top, and it will be incomplete. Here comes a flag. Humphreys had a chance to catch it anyway. It went through his hands, and the downside of the pass interference is you give Stanford another play. All right. Stanford goes to the other side. This one is caught for a touchdown. Elijah Higgins on the final play. Stanford is a point away from tying it up, and they're going to kick it and play for overtime. Play clock down. They get the ball snapped. McKee throws a slant. Humphreys cuts it inside. Humphreys, touchdown! What an effort from John Humphreys there to power through the defense. That was impressive. Ducks are going to have to get in the end zone to keep this game going. All right, here we go. Game on the line. Fourth down. Brown now on the move. Anthony Brown is going to throw. It is out of bounds. Incomplete. And Stanford wins. An absolutely incredible win for Stanford. At the end of regulation, they had 95 yards ahead to go, and they tied it up with a touchdown. They score in overtime and stop the Ducks, who take their first loss of the year. The number three ranked team of the country goes down. You heard correct. The number three team in the country went down to defeat as Stanford Cardinal. And their fans got to storm the field. Took down the mighty Ducks of Oregon by the score of 31 to 24. That's right. 31 to 24. Moving right along, a team that I know is moving up to that number three spot most definitely now will be those Nittany Lions from Penn State as they had no problems with Indiana, who last year we thought was becoming a football school while their basketball program was in decline. Well, now Indiana is looking at a 2-3 and three record and pretty much coming back down to earth as Penn State hangs a shutout on them by the score of 24-0. to zero. Now we move on to the Little Apple. That's right. Manhattan, Kansas home of the Kansas State Wildcats, who came off of a shellacking at the hands of Oklahoma State the week before down in Stillwater. So how would they fare against the Sooners of Oklahoma? Right here is the play that's pushing back with 
finds his men in the end zone. Touchdown for you. No one within five yards of the day. Man, wide open three years they passed to Michael Woods the second. What 14 yard touchdown score on that play right there. So how would the game end? Would it be a blowout? Actually, the game was closer than probably some would have expected the way they came off that beat down at Oklahoma State. Final score was 37 to 31. However, There was a play of question, which was the onside kick. And the play got reviewed twice after Lincoln Raleigh challenged the fact that the kicker kicked the ball twice. But from what I'm hearing, the whole play should have been reviewed once. After it's reviewed once, then there's no other review that should be had. But be that as it may, uh, hey, I'm not too well-versed on that, so I'm not going to touch that. But it was a momentum-turning point in the game because K-State had recovered the onside kick. But after things went down the way it went down, it ended up being a momentum breaker. However, the game was closer than expected as Oklahoma gets out of Manhattan with a 37-31 to 31 victory. The game that has been circled on my calendar, the number 17 against the number 19, the Cincinnati Bearcats against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The upstart Bearcats out of the American Athletic Conference trying to get a little bit of respect going up against tradition. Golden helmet, that of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. And how would that game play out? We shall soon find out. Game, I think, has possible playoff implications. But after these highlights, and I give you the score, I'm going to give you my thought on that and tell you exactly what I really think now. Because part of me says it was a good win, but part of me says it might not be enough. And I will tell you why. Playoff chances. Matter of fact, let's see what the experts have to say about this. After a win over a number nine Notre Dame team, how do you assess Cincinnati's playoff chances? I, I think they're they're good, but not great. And part of their problem is the SEC. I mean, right now, Randy, the SEC has two teams in the playoff, and you cannot dispute that. They're the two best teams in the country. And then you don't know what's going on in the Big Ten. Uh, we, we have Penn State. We have, hey, Michigan is still out there uh, with some big games ahead. Ohio State is not done. 
Now, in Oklahoma, we've beaten them up badly. They're still alive. They play Texas this week. The Pac-12, we can move them out into the Pacific Ocean. They're yesterday's trash. But there are just too many teams around for Cincinnati uh, to breathe easily. They, they, they are not done, uh, but they don't have much on their schedule. I mean, games against Tulane and Tulsa are not going to help them. They have SMU later in the year. That's a big opportunity. But but right now, right now, I'm, I'm concerned about Cincinnati's schedule. That will be their undoing. Those are my thoughts exactly, if not enough. However, it was a good win for Cincinnati to be a tradition-rich school in Notre Dame as they won that game 24 13. That's right, you heard it. Notre Dame falls to Cincinnati by the final score of 24 to 13. So, see what I'm going to do right here because I have spent almost 30 minutes right now and we're still not halfway through this yet. I'm going to take a break and when I come back, I will have some more for you. So, Stay buckled in. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. host and conductor of the train. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Segment number two, numero dos. We've had numero uno, now we got numero dos. May even have numero three, cuatro, cinco. <laughs> Hola, como estas, senor? Hola, como estas, senorita? Yes, I've been polishing up on my Spanish my religious folks out there, Dios lo bendiga. Mi casa es tu casa. 
My house is your house. In this case, my train is your train. That's right. It's the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Having a little bit of fun. No, I'm not under the influence. I take that lie back. I'm under the influence of life and entertaining those of you that listen to this podcast. So we're going to get back into segment number two, all right? Because we have some more scores to pass. We'll probably go lighter on the highlights, though, so we can get on through this. I'll probably table my NFL talk. I was going to hook up with my good friend and buddy in the podcast world, but he also does radio work. His name is Rick Thomas. Me and Rick will hook up another time. Also, a programming note. I want to let you guys know I've been in contact with a guy by the name of Vince Quinn. Vince Quinn is formerly of CBS Sports Radio Overnight. Had a chance to talk to him on his radio show. Basically introduced myself to him on his radio show because we had something in common. He was aboard off at a radio station and he told me about some shenanigans that he had pulled off, which prompted me to call because the lines just weren't lighting up that night, I don't think. But I told him what I did as a board op, and one of the things I used to do, which is why I come I'm doing podcasts right now. Let me just give you this, and then we'll get back into the stories. As I was at local radio station, some of y'all know it, uh, KGSO, 93.9 FM, 14.10 AM. And no, they're not paying me to say that. I'm just giving props where I worked at. But I think I was working baseball games, and, you know, baseball games tend to go into extra innings. And when that happens, you usually run out of commercial spots. You have to build your own commercial spots. But you also have to play the bump music that comes in right after. So since I had had the opportunity and privilege to add some music beds in there, in most cases, and I think I'm going to do this so y'all can get a little bit of a glimpse of what it is I would do. I would add my own music bed in there, of the songs that I put in there. And oftentimes, some of the songs that you would hear would be something like this right here. So that's just a little simple of what I would do. So I'm pretty sure they would be like, okay, where did this song come from? And how's this song being played? You know, especially since it's a baseball game. Or you hear something like this right here. So, yeah, uh, I could relate to Vince Quinn, but Vince Quinn does his own podcast now, which I have had the privilege to listen to. And uh, I know something in Birdman. I, I'm going to get that right because I hope to have him on this Saturday, this, this Saturday or Friday night, one to two. But to have someone of his magnitude on my show, it would be a great honor. So let's get back into these scores now. Like I said, I'll probably go light on the highlights due to time constraints. 
this young man has to get up in the morning, and I'm not as young as I used to be, but I'm still young enough. And there are other people that are probably just waiting to go to sleep, and I'm delaying their sleep pattern. But how about this? 5-0 and Kentucky, unranked. Taking on 10th ranked Florida Gators. And you wonder how did this one actually play out? Keep in mind, Kentucky is known as a basketball school. John Calipari, one and done, five star athlete, in and out, come and go like a gas station. How did things turn out on the football field? Let's find this out as of right now. Let's take a listen. Broken up at the goal line by Jones. Kentucky will win it. That flag dropped by the officials during the Kentucky celebration. He's trying to get Whittemore on the left side of the screen. He gets zone coverage. Jones does an awesome job of getting the left hand up there. This ball just a little higher, a little earlier, a little higher by Emory Jones, and Whittemore might have a shot. But credit Kentucky's defense. Whittemore follows Emory Jones's eyes and just an outstanding job. Stoops said it. He thinks if they keep doing what they're doing, they'll become a top four SEC program. This feels like one of those wins. So there you have it. I did say I was going to go light on the highlights, but those are epic moments right there. So I figured I would give you those highlights right there. So, yes, Kentucky fans got the storm in the field. But you tend to wonder, coming into the game, Florida ranked number 10. Were they overrated? Those of you that are listening, I'll let you figure that out. But was Florida overrated? They went into the game with a two and two record. I don't think a two and two record warrants a top ten ranking. So was Florida overranked? doesn't matter. Kentucky fans got the storm in the field. 
as Kentucky wins the game by the final score of 20-13. to 13. Now, Kentucky fans, let me warn you. You're out there on the street shouting, you want Bama, you want Bama. Well, be careful what you ask for because you might get Alabama not the way you want it. Until someone can find a way to beat Alabama, Alabama is still the top. But I like that quote from Mike Stoops. If we keep doing things the way we're doing it, we will be a top four team in the SEC. And they might be on that verge. Moving right along with some more scores. Number 11, Ohio State has no problem with Rutgers as they boat raced them. 52-13. How about this? Number 14, Michigan. Still undefeated. Can't help but to ask, though, what in the hell has happened to Wisconsin? So much hype coming into the season. Graham Mertz, possible Heisman candidate. Well, Wisconsin is now 1-3, while Michigan, ranked number 14, is now 5-0. Coming away with a 38-17 victory. How about Mississippi State and number 15th ranked Texas A&M? Mississippi State. Upset. That's right. It's considered an upset. Upsets Texas A&M by the final score of 26 to 22. In a game that wasn't even close. How they got six points, I don't even know. But number 16, Coastal Carolina, the Catamount. Steamroad, University of Louisiana Monroe, by the final score of 59-6. Top performers in that game, Grayson McCall, quarterback for Coastal Carolina, 13 of 13. Let me give you that again. 13 of 13. That's called 100% passing completion. 212 yards, two TDs. Top rusher, Reese White, Coastal Carolina University, 15 carries, 95 yards. Top receiver, Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina, five receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns. How about also in the same state, But they were green and white in the state of Michigan. Number 17, Michigan State. Manhandled Western Kentucky by the final score of 48-31. Number 17, Michigan State beats Western Kentucky. Best start since 2015. That's right. Just like their brothers. Michigan Wolverines, they too sporting a 5 0 record. They're on a collision course for bragging rights for the state of Michigan. And probably some rights for the Big Ten title as well, too. So that remains to be seen. Anyway, here's another upset alert. Upset alert. Upset alert. Upset alert. That's right. Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors, as they used to be called. Knocked off number 18, Fresno State, by the final score of 27-14. to 14. Wonder if they stormed the field. There's a possibility. And how about this? Number 
15, Oklahoma State. Number 21, Baylor. Oklahoma State kept their unbeaten record intact as they knocked off Baylor by the final score of 24 to 14. They, too, are on a collision course with the Oklahoma Sooners for that Big 12 title. Want to know who my rooting interest is? I'm going for the Pokes. Now we move to the Pac-10. Why one team is ranked while another team is unranked is beyond my knowing. But maybe that will all change. As Arizona State, now 4-1, and one, knocked off the 20th-ranked UCLA Bruins by the final score of 42-23. UCLA now has a 3-2 and two record. I'm pretty sure they are now out of the top 20. As you heard the commentary earlier, you may as well throw the, the Pac-10 into the Pacific Ocean because they are yesterday's trash. I like that take. I'm going to use that more often. Moving right along, number 22, Auburn. Took on LSU in a very closely contested game, but Auburn wins the game coming out with a 24-19 victory. Number 23, NC State, gets past Louisiana Tech by the score of 34-27. Wake Forest squeaks past Louisville and don't blink and don't sleep on them, but guess what? Wake Forest is now 5-0, ranked 24th. Once again, they get squeaked past Louisville by the score of 37-34. Could they be the ACC champ? We'll wait to see how this unfolds. And number 25, Clemson, in a low-scoring affair, but a win is a win is a win. Hands Boston College their first loss of the season as they come out with a 19-13 victory. So that right there are your scores in the top 25. What I'm going to do, I'm going to in another break and when I come back I'm going to give you top 25 rankings as I'm pretty sure there has been some shuffling within the rankings of course there also have been some that have maintained their current rank so what I'm going to do I'm going to take this quick break and when I come back I will wrap things up with the top 25 AP poll as well as the coaches poll so stay tuned it is the A-Train Sports Talk. Be right back. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. 
So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Let's just get right on into this because I believe this is my final segment, but I might go ahead and give you HBCU scores as well from the week five as well, too. I got to give my brothers at the historically black colleges and universities some love. Got to do that. I can't leave them out. If primetime knew I was leaving them out, he'd probably jump. Well, I'll leave that alone. Anyway, let's get you the top. 25 rankings, the AP perspective, as well as from the coach's perspective. Going right on down through this. Basically, number one and number two has went unchanged as you're looking at Alabama and Georgia as your top two teams. Alabama one, Georgia number two. Moving up two spots to the number three ranking is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coming in at number four, unchanged, Penn State. However, knocking on the door, trying to crash the college football playoff party, at least in the Associated Press rankings, those Cincinnati Bearcats, they're steady clawing their way up, steady clawing. Of course, not nipping at their heels, those Oklahoma Sooners, Boomer Sooners. Coming in at number seven, moving up four spots. Ohio State at 4-1. Slipping down five spots. Oregon Ducks. Don't look so mighty now, do they? Moving up five spots. Coming in with a 5-0 record, number nine, Michigan. Also moving up three spots to the number 10 spot, undefeated as well. Future Big 12 member, the BYU Cougars. So they're clawing their way up the rankings as well, too. A lot of teams have moved up, and I mean, they. when I say they moved up, they made some big jumps, such as number 11, Michigan State, Old Sparty, as Greg Marshall used to call them. With a 5-0 record, they moved up six spots to the number 11 spot. Coming in at number 12, moving up seven spots with a big jump. Oklahoma State at 5-0. But when teams fall, they fall hard. As evidence, number 13, Arkansas, dropped five spots with a 4-1 record. As did Notre Dame. They dropped five spots to the number 14 spot, also with a 4-1 record. However, moving up, but just barely. One spot. But they moved up nonetheless. Number 15th ranked Coastal Carolina with a 5-0 record. Now, here's what you call a jump right here. A team that wasn't ranked. Coming in number 16 after their win over Florida. 
the Kentucky Wildcats. That school now is becoming known not just as a basketball school, but began to become a football school. Dropping five spots with a 3-1 record to number 17, Ole Miss, those old rebels. Moving up four spots, number 18, the Auburn Tigers, a 4-1 record. Moving up five spots to the number 19 spot, then Wake Forest Demon Deacons with a 5-0 record, still undefeated. They could eventually be the champions in the ACC. Dropping 10 spots. Ouch. To number 20, the Florida Gators. Once again, the question is, did they go into the game overrated? I'm pretty sure Kentucky fans were chanting overrated. And coming in number 21 after not being ranked, those Texas Longhorns, they're finally getting back in the rankings, the 4-1 record. Also not being ranked, but after coming up with the victory over 20th ranked UCLA, the Arizona State Sun Devils with a 4-1 record, coached by Herm Edwards. Remember him? You play to win the game. Coming in at number 23, North Carolina State with a 4-1 record. Coming in at number 24, them ponies. The Pony Express is galloping through the AAC. Could they be the threat to be a roadblock for the Cincinnati Bearcats? i tell you what, if they're undefeated when those two teams play, it's just another resume builder for the Cincinnati Bearcats in their quest to become a party crasher in the college football playoff. Anyway, number 24, SMU with a 5-0 record after not being ranked the previous week and coming in with at the number 25 spot, also after not being ranked, undefeated San Diego State, those Aztecs. Who's their most famous alum? Yes, right, you guessed it. Marshall Falk. So now we look at the coaches poll and see if there's any difference, if they disagree with the AP. There's always some variances of disagreement. Anyway, number one, number two, number three, number four, it's all the same. Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, Penn State. Now, here's where it differs. In the AP poll, you notice Cincinnati was five, Oklahoma was six. Well, in the coaches' poll, they swapped it. Oklahoma 5, Cincinnati 6. However, Ohio State is staying firm at 7, while Michigan is actually number 8 in this poll. Oregon is number 9. Staying steady at 10 in both the AP and the coaches' poll. BYU coming in at the 10th spot, while Michigan State at the 11th spot. Oklahoma State is at the 12th spot. However, coming in at number 13 is Notre Dame in the eyes of the coaches as opposed to the AP having Arkansas at 13. And I just have to throw this out there because I know there are some people listening from all points in between, and I may ruffle some feathers when I say this. I had this talk with a young lady yesterday, so now I'm going to throw this out on my podcast. People in Arkansas cannot spell or they cannot pronounce words. I'm in the state of Kansas. If you take that AR off, you have Kansas. Yes, I went there. And I'm pretty sure I will get a response. I might even get this right here.
Yeah, I know somebody's going to say I got jokes. Anyway, let's get serious, okay? Coming in there at number 13 spot in the coaches' poll is Notre Dame. Coming in at number 14, however, Kentucky, as opposed to being 16 in the AP. And I guess the only poll that really matters when it's all said and done will end up being the coaches' poll, I do believe. That's what they base this off of. Number 15, holding steady in both polls at 15, is Coastal Carolina. Number 16 is Arkansas. Right behind them from the same conference, Ole Miss. Coming in at number 18, the Florida Gators. So the coaches are still showing some love to the Gators. Coming in at number 19, Auburn Tigers. Number 20, Wake Forest. Number 21, Clemson. Notice that the coaches are showing Clemson some love because Clemson didn't get no love in the AP. As a matter of fact, in the Associated Press, Clemson was right outside the top 25. They were with others receiving votes. Interesting. Coming in at number 22, North Carolina State. Number 23, Texas. Holding firm at 24 in both polls, SMU. And rounding out at number 25, how about those Arizona State? Sun Devils. So you have the top 25 from rankings, AP, and the coaches poll. And now we are going to take a look, hopefully, at scores from HBCU students, historically black colleges and universities. If I can effort pulling those scores up. And I do believe I will be able to give you those scores. And I'm thinking maybe what I should do, possibly, maybe, take a quick one, then come back and give you those scores. And I think that's exactly what I will do. So, be back with you in probably less than 30 seconds. Stay tuned. A training sports talk podcast. Train Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith here with A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. 
and we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop, whoop! having fun, even though it's getting late at night. It is going on 11 o'clock standard time. I'm here in the air capital city, the ICC, Wichita, Kansas, where this show is being recorded from. Anyway, as promised, give you some HBCU news. Got to give my brothers in the historically black colleges and universities some love. Got to do it. I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't do it. So let me show them some love. And what you were hearing was part of some highlight features that was showing different aspects of what went on with the HBCU. And HBCU football scores and highlights were filled with big wins and huge upsets by teams in the SWAC, MEAC, SEAC, OVC, and the CIAA. Weekend of homecomings and football rivalry had games with unexpected outcomes that will impact HBCU football rankings going into week six. Huge upset. Grambling dominates number one top-ranked Alabama A&M in a David versus Goliath battle. The Akil Glass became mortal again. The Grambling defense humbled 
top candidate for Black College Player of the Year at Eddie Robinson Stadium. Glass has five turnovers, four interceptions, and one fumble. And the special teams fumble was too much for the Bulldogs to overcome as the G-Man slew HBCU's number one team, 37-28. Either way, Noah Bowden, freshman quarterback sensation, was the David Glass Goliath. Norfolk's QB sneak crushed Hampton in an overtime thriller. The Spartans' defense created four turnovers, three interceptions, and one fumble in the rally to send the Pirates sailing back to their dorms in a 47-44 overtime classic at Hampton. The MVP was NSU's QB, Jawan Carter, accounted for five touchdowns, two passing, three rushing, 294 yards via the air, and 92 yards rushing. Coach Odom is turning around the program, which is 3-2 and two on the season. Hampton falls 2-2 two and two in the loss. Delta Devils deliver a homecoming shocker over NCCU. The Mississippi Valley State University faithful had plenty to cheer about in Rice Cotton Stadium for homecoming win over North Carolina Central. The Delta Devils won 17-16 after QB Jason Easton's pass found Caleb Johnson in the end zone to tie the contest with no time on the game clock. Kate Orlando Fernandez booed the extra point for the win. Fact. Let me see here. We can pull this up. One moment. We try to get some highlights for this game. And I think we're going to bypass that because it will be highlights, but it's a music bed. So we are just going to. I like that aspect. September 24th on YouTube, sponsored by the V Club. Anyway, moving right along, the Rattlers' defense highly venomous and shutout win. Florida A&M's defense venom was too much for Alabama State to handle in Tallahassee on Saturday night. Rattlers pitched a .80 shutout to defeat the Hornets in a swack in swack action. The rushing attack totaled 141 yards on 33 rushes from Terrell Jennings, Bishop Barnett, and Xavier Smith. Quarterback Rayshon McKay, 11 of 23, 152 yards and one touchdown. Tigers ride the Stallions in huge homecoming victory. Texas Southern recorded a dominant 69-0 win over North American University in a homecoming win at Durley Stadium in Houston, Texas. TSU led 52-0 at halftime and added 17 points in the third quarter. The 
Tigers offense totaled 467 yards compared to the Stallions, 29 yards on the afternoon. Did they even show up for the game? My goodness. Anyway, PSU scored on 9 out of 11 red zone opportunities. Bulldogs too offensive for the Wildcats. 577 yards of total offense led to South Carolina State over the Bethune-Cookman for a 42-35 win at Oliver C. Dawson Stadium, Willie Jeffries Field. Bethune-Cookman, 159 yards passing, 200 yards rushing. Bulldogs won time of possession, 36 minutes, 36 seconds versus 23 minutes, 34 seconds. Corey Fields was on fire, thrown for 20 of 30 for 314 yards, one touchdown. Wideout Shaquan Davis, 117 yards, and Will Vereen, 101 yards, each had five receptions. SCS running back Dante Anthony, 19 carries, 67 yards, and Kendrell Flowers, 13 rushes, 64 yards, and two teams were highly effective for the Bulldogs. And in other HBCU action, in the MEAC, Howard 22, Sacred Heart 17, St. Francis, PA 27, Morgan State 14, Delaware State 33, Wagner 7. In the SIAC, Savannah State 21, Kentucky State 17, Edward Waters 37, Morehouse 13, Fort Valley State 24, Benedictine 14. In the CIAA, Shaw, 27, Virginia Union, 7, Livingstone, 13, Elizabeth City State, 19. Number three, Johnson C. Smith, 7, Bowie State, 44. St. Augustine, 9, Virginia State, 33. Winston-Salem State, 7, Chowan, 73. What a blowout. Lincoln, PA, 9, Fayetteville State. 46. In the OVC, there was only one score to pass along. Tennessee State 24, Austin P 22. So this has been your HBCU report. Hope you have enjoyed it because it will be a main part of my podcast, especially when I do my college football scores and updates. And I look to bring on another sponsor in the near future, which I also want to thank the current one that I do have outside of Anchor. I want to thank Natalie Greenleaf, who sponsors what's called the Coach's Corner. And I will have a coach on this weekend. So the Coach's Corner will be up and in effect this weekend until possibly tomorrow when I do my NFL recap. Take care of yourself and each other. And y'all have a blessed evening. I enjoyed doing this and I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed doing it. Until next time, the train is pulling me into the station. A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith.
Y'all keep looking for that new way. I think I like it how it is. Cold pizza on Tuesday. I got food up in the fridge.